Topics that concern your life, your community, and your safety. This is 5-0-Info on Arizona's news station, KTAR News 92.3 FM. Here's what you need to know. Hello and welcome to the Phoenix 5-0-Info show. My name is Sergeant Rob Shear. I am not Lieutenant Vince Lewis. And I'm joined today by BBAL, my peer, Sergeant Brian Bauer. Uh, we are here from the Phoenix Public Affairs Bureau. We come to you again from Phoenix Police Headquarters. Uh, we're joined today by an awesome guest and to talk about an awesome topic, something that hopefully we can bring back repeatedly over the next year of shows, Commander Sarah Garza. Thank you very much, boss. Thanks for having me. Let's start with this. Newly promoted commander, congratulations. I'm sure you've been told that many times. Well-earned, well-deserved. Thank you. One of your bureaus that you oversee, and you're, it's awesome you get a couple bureaus, which has got to be an awesome place to step Three. right into. Three bureaus. Three. Oh, yep. <laughs> we'll narrow it down to one for today's topic. We could probably do multiple shows on all the bureaus that you steer in the direction that they're going to go. But let's talk about it, the Employment Services Bureau specifically. What does that entail, and what, what do you um, oversee within that bureau? Employment Services Bureau has been hiring and recruiting people for a very long time. So a lot of big responsibility for them is they hire our sworn applicants as well as our civilians. They give, uh, do background checks on our contractors and anyone that's coming into our police facility for a long time. Uh, but they handle a lot of really important tasks for our department. And uh, they're really our first line between our recruiters and our um, background investigators for these applicants coming in. And it's sometimes it's their first view of the Phoenix Police Department. So they have to do a really good job there. And they always do. Um, but a big piece of that is our recruitment team. Right. So it's not just like obviously we think of employment services and we bring up, I think, probably every show how personnel shortages affects literally everything we probably talk about here every week. So. Um, but it's not just sworn hiring. We're really initiative-wise trying to do uh, professional staff, fill in some of those holes where maybe we don't have sworn to take some of those capacities. That's what your bureau does also, right? Absolutely. We're hiring our civilian investigators. We'll have a new recruitment coming up, I believe, in January to hire some more civilian investigators. The ones that we've had so far have proven really critical to our department. We love what they bring. They bring a lot of really great experiences, and uh, and it's really helped with a lot of those staff shortages to make sure that we're giving really good, consistent service to the community. So let's go to the staff shortages. Obviously, recruiting is if not the most important topic or most important thing that we're always narrowing down to with this department. Um, if it isn't the most important, it's, it's up there. Um, with that being under your, your wing now, under your umbrella, um, what are we looking like in 2023? I know it's been a, a conscious effort for this year to try to turn that curve. How are we looking? We're looking really good. Uh, we're really excited to say that this is the first year that our recruitment should outpace our attrition. So it's the first time since about 2019 where we're planning to hire more people than we are losing. And it's a really big deal for us, so we like to celebrate wins. It might be just 30 to 50 officers. We're not sure where we'll, where we'll land yet, uh, but we'll celebrate every officer that we get that's above what we lose. Um, they all bring a lot of really good value to us and will help fill a lot of our, our holes that we've had over the last couple years. It can help us return some services back, and uh, we're really excited for these new numbers. With, uh, with that recruiting, we just had, and for those of you listening, we, we're taping this on Wednesday. We just had a recruit class graduate today, am I right? We did. I was there this morning for callers. We'll have the graduation 
in a little bit, but really exciting to see. It still, for me, is is kind of emotional when you go to the academy grounds and you watch them running out and you just kind of try to picture where they're going to be in 5, 10, 15, 20 years. Some of them will be promoted. Some of them will be in specialties. Some of them will be, you know, heroes in these heroic events that they're doing. It's, it's just incredible to to see the potential and the excitement on their face and the pride in their families' uh, faces. And it's it's a really great way to start your morning. Yeah. Yeah, if you have, um, I mean, you overseeing it now, it's got to be an awesome thing now. I mean, I know maybe you weren't specifically in this spot when they went into the academy, but a lot of what you're doing and you're overseeing now results in those individuals getting in the academy. And, you know, virtually 20, um, 20 recruits are going to graduate today and jump out into that law enforcement world and give it a whirl. Um, awesome feat, awesome awesome goal achieved, really. I mean, we're we're pushing through quite a few classes. What's the goal now, class-wise? You know, for each year, are we are we trying to get a certain amount of classes each year, a certain amount of people in each classes? Like, what kind of what kind of goals do you have for your bureau, being that you're kind of the primary people to put them into that academy and get them in that setting? It takes a lot of people to put a recruit class through. So it starts with our recruiters, and then it moves to our background investigators and our employment services team uh, beyond that. And then it goes to the academy. So the academy makes sure has to make sure that they're well-staffed and they can handle because there's defensive tactic instructors, there's instructors for different classes, there's all kinds of people that go into training these recruits and making sure that they're ready to hit the road uh, when they re- when they graduate. So our goal right now is to fill classes with 35 people. I think right now we have to take kind of baby steps to get there. So we're hoping that our next class will have 30 people with it. Uh, that's called a super class. Back when I went through yeah. and when you went through, I mean, my class I think had 55, but we also had several agencies in our academy. So this is just Phoenix only. Gives them a really good experience. Um, those bonds are going to be be with them for forever throughout their career the, that they gain through the academy. So right now we're looking. Our goal is to get 35 people in the class, and then of course our biggest goal, uh, my personal favorite goal, is yeah. to ensure that we are um, they have more women in those classes. Yeah. So. Yeah, we can. And I'm going to touch base. I want to close with that because I think that's probably one of the more important things, you know, on top of just recruiting as many people as we can to get in here, qualified applicants that can really thrive in this job, but really pushing, um, you know, the 30 for 30 initiative. And I want to get into that in a bit because I know you're very passionate about that. Um, let's get to the process kind of before they get to that academy. What have you seen in the last um, in the last like year or so of what has worked in getting I know at the beginning of this year and I'll be honest with you boss when I heard 35 a class I was like okay that's that's a goal it's it's one of those things the fact that you guys are getting to 30 is outstanding like I I would have said if you get to 15 that's good work Um, you guys are getting into 30 and it's not like you guys are waiting months and months and months between classes I mean you guys are it seems like you guys are churning out a good amount of classes you know in a given time period you know in a six or 12 month period um, but what what's changed I know I've heard some things about maybe testing some of these physical attributes and the physical testing components you know off-site um, some new components added to your unit what's what's changed in this last year that's kind of benefited in getting that number close to 30. Yeah, a lot of these changes were implemented before I get there, so I wish I could take a lot of credit for it. But right. uh, we have Lieutenant Brian Hanania leads that group, and they've done a really good job of being 
there's a lot of different facets to the plan. So one of them is to be very intentional and smart in our recruiting efforts. So we're going into major community events. We're in colleges. We're at GCU. We just signed a huge um, marketing contract, huge for us because of the impact that we're going to have. It's a marketing contract with uh, Grand Canyon University where we're in their athletic arenas. We're in their classrooms. So we're teaching in the classes. We, are, we have a big presence. The joinphxpd.com will be everywhere on campus. Hopefully you can't uh, look around. You'll look around and you can't you know, miss it, right? Mm-hmm. Our officers will be on present. Um, and we're doing a lot of things to make sure that applicants can get through the process. It can be really daunting. There are background uh, interviews. There are medical checks. There's a physical portion to it. So wherever we can help applicants get through that process, uh, I think that benefits everybody. So one of the things that we're doing, we have a SWEAT program. It's called Success with Effort and Training. And we actually have a, a coach that's in there. We call him Coach C. And he's fantastic. And he... He leads everybody through these um, through these exercises to help them get through things. I'm actually kind of uh, the the early stages of the sweat program helped me get over the wall. So yeah. I'm kind of a sweat graduate from a long time ago. I'm six feet tall. I'm the size of the wall. But for women, there's a lot of different ways to get over. It's just different the way that we're yeah. built. So this program helps. You know, you come in the afternoons. We offer it a couple times a week. It's free for our applicants. And they can get in, they get a little bit of a taste, there's camaraderie, everyone is really happy to be there and positive, you form some early relationships there, and it's really beneficial to our applicants. I think about every two weeks we put on a um, physical aptitude test to, see, to move you forward in the, in the hiring process. And we have a lot of sweat graduates that come through. So it's always fun. It's in the, the briefing that I get from Lieutenant Hanania. We had five sweat graduates passed today. And it's That's always awesome. really exciting to see that those efforts are working. Yeah, definitely. Now, you speak about camaraderie. Uh, being, me being a military person, I see a lot of that coming from the military joining the police department. I like to tell people that the job as a police officer isn't just a job. It's not a career. It's more of a lifestyle for those that are in uniform as well as their family. Uh, can you speak about the uh, military that you have gone out, I, I believe California a few times, different military bases locally and uh, out of state, trying to recruit that and show the camaraderie still exists outside the military? Sure. We actually signed up as a Skillbridge city. So we participate in it's a Depart- Department of Defense program, and we send recruiters who are trained and, and can speak the military language to these bases to try to recruit people. And, and what the Skillbridge program does is help uh, active service transition into the civilian life, which is into uh, Phoenix Police, is is the hope for that. So we've had a few cases so far where where people are taking advantage of that program, but it does get us on some more military bases, and it's been a, a good program for us. And then there's another route to become a police officer as well, right? Like if you have viewers out there right now that are thinking about, ah, I might not want to be a police officer, but I want to have a little bit more public service, they could hire on as a police assistant a Uh, an admin person and a lot of times we'll see a transition that once they're in that lifestyle they see that job from the inside it kind of uh, makes them want to go even further and progress and become a police officer themselves is that correct absolutely and we even have programs for our younger applicants so we don't want to lose if you have a passion and you're in high school and you have a passion to become a police officer let's say maybe one of your parents is a police officer or a neighbor or somebody that you know and you have a really positive view of the Phoenix Police Department, we would love to take you on into our cadet program. The cadet program helps to transition. It's volunteer. 
and uh, they, they're integrated into a lot of our major events. There's different ranks. It's really fun to see that they're, you know, sometimes they outrank me. They'll be right. chiefs of the cadets, right. and it's awesome. And they're these really motivated, uh, I say kids, but young adults that are looking into our, our profession. is great, but we have lots of opportunities. Awesome. Awesome. That's It's all clearly working. Some of the, like you said, easing, some of the stressors going into just applying for this job. There's a lot of stressors. I was a legacy employee or legacy um, officer. So I had that advantage of having, you know, my uncle take me through, hey, this is what you can expect, what you can expect. Took a lot of that stress off me. Um, You guys doing that for someone that doesn't have that advantage is huge because it takes that stress and um, their inability to know what's coming. Hey, this is your next process. And you guys doing some of that in the forefront is huge for recruiting. It's working. Congratulations to your unit. Um, I wanted to come back to this and end with it because I think it's one of the more important things. So 30 for 30, obviously something you're very impassioned with. Um, what is it? What uh, What are some of the goals that come with it? And then uh, let's talk about after. I know the the numbers mean before, but after they get hired, some of the initiatives and what the, what the department's doing going forward. Yeah, we signed it in January. It's a great initiative. It's to get the recruit classes represented 30% by 2030. And then with that comes promotion. So uh, once you get on the department and you're hired, we would love to see you be successful in your career because women can bring so much value to so many different positions in the department. And we like to say that you can't, it's hard to be what you can't see. So the more representation that we have for our women on our department, the better. Yeah. And you're a great example of that, boss. Um, I commend you. We were on the same sergeant's list. You kind of moved up a little bit faster than I have, being that I'm still a sergeant. But it's awesome to see someone like you grow in the department and put in a spot where your leadership is outstanding and people are running to work for you um, type thing. It's it's a great thing. The 30 for 30, we just had, you know, lieutenant's promotion process. We're going to have multiple females on that list. The academy class, we talked about multiple females there. Thank you very much um, to my guest, Commander Garza. Thank you for coming back. We'll probably bring you back again in the next few months because this topic shouldn't die. Thank you to my co-host, B. Bauer. Thank you very much. And uh, my producer, Paul. Uh, Vince calls him Pablo. I call him Paul. Brian, close this out for me. Absolutely. Uh, remember, you can always help out and fight crime in our community, uh, potentially earning cash rewards for it as well. You can remain completely anonymous by sending tips into Silent Witness. You can visit silentwitness.org or call into 480 Witness, whichever is easiest for you. Uh, you can also visit us at phoenix.gov backslash police and follow us on all of our social media platforms. Until next time, we're in this together and be safe out there. You've been listening to 5 Info on Arizona's news station, KTAR News 92.3 FM. For more about Silent Witness, go to silentwitness.org. That's silentwitness.org. Or call 480-WITNESS. That's 480-948-6377.